Welcome to the Balancing Actor Podcast, where we discuss balancing a civilian life with your creative one and everything in between. I'm your host, fellow actor, and fellow human, Miranda Rodan, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. I am super excited to have Miss Nicolette Shorts on the podcast today. Yay! Hello, hello. I love your name so much, and I feel like I always mess it up spelling-wise. I was like, double L, double T. Split it with the E's. Yeah, everybody. Split it with the E's. Everybody messes it up. Like, half of the people in my family can't spell my name, so it is. I low-key was like, I think... I've messed up her name in the past and I'm sorry about that. I don't know. Hopefully it was right on the wedding invite, but I don't know. It's it's good to see the creative ways that people can spell my name. Honestly, um, I like to, I like to see what people can do with it. Um, And I'll never correct anyone. Except for the DMV, obviously. But other than that, I'll never correct anyone. Except for like my passport or like my plane ticket. And surprisingly... Those are the people like the DMV, the passport, like the actual people that have to spell your name correctly. Surprisingly, those are the people that get really irritated when you tell them that it's wrong and they have to redo it. Like I had to go to the DMV three times when I moved to New Jersey to get my name spelled correctly. And they made me bring, yeah, the lady was fighting me. She was like, that's not how you spell it. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) It's my birth name. Yeah. And she was like, let me see your ID. Let me see your birth certificate. Let me see your social security card. Do you have any papers with you? I'm like, I have everything because I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. the audacity sometimes, but yeah, you don't want to mess around. You need to get that thing right because that mm-hmm. happened to me the other day um, when my husband was so generous and he booked me a plane ticket and, mm-hmm. but it like auto-populated. So he filled in all my info, but I think he accidentally put his birthday instead of my birthday basically is what happened. But no one knew about this because JetBlue app doesn't tell you that you're going to have any problems when you meet with TSA. And so I didn't find out that there was an issue until TSA and my ID didn't work. And on the airport, I have to take you to take like a shuttle and all this stuff. I had 25 minutes until boarding because I'm risky like that, but I learned my lesson. (laughs) Um, well, you know, I got there like an hour beforehand. I waited, I had pre TSA pre-check. So I like, wasn't really worried about it. It's like, I usually breeze on through. I just had like a little backpack with me, but I had to go back and found out. Cause I still didn't know what was wrong at this point, And like found out that the, the birth date was wrong, which you would think would be a simple admin correction, right? Yes. Like it's just a simple thing. No, yeah. missed my whole flight because this <gasps> guy just did not feel like changing my name no. fast enough. And told me I was never going to make it. And I said, watch me. Don't tell me no, sir. I can do anything. You know, I could do anything. I could swindle my way through TSA. I've got pre-check. I'm not worried. And then he was like, you're going to be on the 5 p.m., not the 11. And I was livid. So don't ever mess it up, guys. Mm -hmm. Check your spelling. Wow. Check your Man's also sounds like a hater. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, when the people just want to exert their energy and their power because they feel so small in their other lives, mm. you know, in their real lives. Mm. Like that's how, that's why I would think someone would be so cruel and mean. Like he was not even trying to be helpful. Um, so karma's on you. It was on me that day. I was like, what did I do to deserve this? I, I started reevaluating everybody. Nothing. I was mean to in my Nothing. life. <laughs> Nothing. It's you all good. The- didn't um, deserve it. You didn't deserve it. But I'll it. just say, just double check, because that, <laughs> oh, that really stunk. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I am so happy you're here. We are on an evening discussion. It's been a week. It's right before the holidays. 
Miss Broadway Gardner is getting ready for some tunes on her IG for some holiday souvenir things that have following you on your couple, page. Yes, a couple Got things on the shop, a couple of videos, a couple of cool um, holiday-inspired planters. And then, yeah, you got to sing about it. Like, what yes. is what is it if you don't sing about it? Am I right? What is uh, well, especially on your on your Instagram. So, for those of you that do not know Broadway Gardner, go ahead and check her out. She is an actress here in the New York City, New Jersey area. Since we're not Jersey people, <laughs> and she is a theater actress. She does a little bit of film, all the good stuff. Nicolette is a dear, dear friend of mine, and we met back in 2016. Oh, is that the Broadway? Yeah. 2016. Wow. Dusted off. Uh, we were in a Broadway show, <laughs> off Broadway show. Sorry, let me make that very clear. Called the Phoenix Rising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Phoenix Girl, Rising. Girl, the they keep. Keep. Thank yeah. You. Wow. I haven't 2016. seen the title. <laughs> 2016. Yeah, 2016. I was like, the secrets that the girls the secret, are the keepers. The girls, <laughs> Like yeah. what my brain wanted which, which to do. Which one? Which girl was I? Which yeah. girl? So it was a play on five girls, and and um, it was part musical. It was a little bit of dance. It was a little bit of everything, but basically, it took place in the eighties. So costumes were really fun, Fine. and um, each of us played an individual girl with kind of like a traumatic past, and so you, they were all together because. They've all experienced something and they were going mm-hmm. through it together in high school. But um, there's a lot of things that people could relate to, you know, within the the storyline. And that's where Nicolette, Nicolette and I met. So, but you had already had experience with this play. They had already, what is it, like tested it out a couple times. And yeah, we did the um, world premiere on that stage of the Lion Theater in New York. But yes, I think when they had done like a stage reading before with the writer, I believe, like the writers, there were co-writers at the time. And Mm -hmm. I think they all did like a stage reading um, to see how things were flowing and whatnot. And then I think um, one of the producers, Daniel Knighton, Mm-hmm. got involved in the play and then was like, we should do a reading. We need to hire actors. Like, let's go. And I was in college at the time. Baby. And I was a Nikki. baby. Well, I got baby a little, Nikki. Got a little permission slip to miss class to audition. <laughs> and um, it was about a week of auditions and it was like the coolest experience ever. It's not like your regular audition where you go in and they stare you down and then you give them your 16 bars and they say, thank you for your time. It was really like immersive. Everybody was in the room together. Mm-hmm. They were really trying to see what, who vibed off of each other, what kind of energy you could bring to a group of the group switched up and things like that. So it became this process where they chose like two girls for each character. We went through like maybe a month workshop and then did reading after reading, stage reading after stage reading, like mm. back to back to back for, I think, like almost a year, I think. Wow. Then, um, I, I, oh, um, MacBook Pro. Wait. I can still hear you. Oh, you can? Okay. So, yeah. um, 
And we, yeah, we did about like, um, I didn't hear anything for about a month. And then I heard that they were going to cast the play to go up in the theater. And I was like, do I need to audition again? <laughs> and, and they were like, absolutely not. We do not need you to audition again. Like you're in, we are only looking to, re- I think they were replacing, well, your character, Carmen, Mm-hmm. Um, they were replacing Carmen and they were replacing Lola and mm-hmm. adding a new character. So yeah, I ended up just like sliding right in, I guess, by the skin of my teeth into that character. And, um, mm-hmm. it was just really sweet because, um, I also kind of wonder, I'm like, was I that good? Or did I just do it for so long that you couldn't see anybody else doing it? <laughs> <laughs> you so, were. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you just totally killed that role. Do you want to talk about her a little bit? Because I just feel like she was really unique and you just did such a good job. I always like, I think looking back, I was so relieved that I was that character. So my character's name was Edwina. Um, the other characters called her Kitty because she was in love with Hello Kitty. So, and they did <laughs> not mean it in a nice way. It was more <laughs> like a teasing thing. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading the script in thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't say any of this. Because remember, I was baby, baby, baby. There was so much cussing in that show. Yeah. They were talking about sexual favors and all <laughs> their tasty cakes. And mm-hmm. I was like, my father will not make it through scene one. <laughs> like, I just remember being like, I cannot do this play. And when they cast me as Edwina, who is this quiet, religious girl who wants to make her daddy proud, just wants to do um, everything that he wants from her. She wants to live by the rules, not break the rules, follow the rules. She loves Hello Kitty. She loves to sing. Um, But she's also a closeted lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) And has gone (laughs) black twist and has gone through some real strife with like trying to figure out who she is and where she belongs and what she likes and what she doesn't like and you kind of learn throughout the play and really towards the end that she struggled for so long it became like a struggle with alcoholism became a struggle within herself with her family with like she just couldn't pull it together but Mm -hmm. it took her years and um I thought that that was it, it was really special to I think be a part of it and see how how the story grew because in the beginning you read it and you read all of these characters and you kind of think like oh well this person has um been abused or this person doesn't have parents that love them or this person is dead and my person is like gay like anything Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. and um I think like as an actor, you kind of really have to do the work because if that's what everybody else is going to say, but you, it's your responsibility to show what else is there. What else, what else is so hard that this person that loves God, that loves her family, that loves mm-hmm. to sing and loves Hello Kitty would turn into a raging alcoholic. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what How do that? we get there? How do we get there? And yeah. like, what colors do you put mm-hmm. on the character? Cause we're all complicated people, you know, um, yeah. when it comes down to it, it's not just black and white at all. Uh, but I think that's what I really loved about these characters is that they, they allow, they, they were able to give us so much to work with, but also the, you know, the producers and Laura, the director and writer, like, 
they also gave us a lot of autonomy with developing these girls ourselves, which I felt I really appreciated. And I was able to really sink my teeth into Carmen was also an artist that was like her outlet. And like, I definitely identified with that. She painted and I painted, I even made the painting that was used yeah. on stage because I had asked her, I mean, you can't get any more like connected to a character than that. I mean, mm -hmm. other than the emotional aspect of it, but I just like loved the freedom to, that they gave us and the trust that they had in yeah. us to be able mm -hmm. to develop these characters in the way that we did. And, yeah. you know, with any theater group, like you come out of family at the end and that's what I really oh, yeah. miss about theater. Yeah. And it was so great to, to do it so differently. Cause you know, there are some shows you get cast in and they give you the script and you show up and you do your part. You don't meet people a lot of the times, or maybe you saw them on auditions, but you didn't really talk to them. And now you guys are at the stage reading and you're just kind of like, Hey, are we're best friends. So like, should I sit by you? Um, and I feel like it was just so interesting the way that they, they sort of led our our auditions our workshops our rehearsal to where a lot of the times we weren't even on the script I don't think mm -hmm. like I don't I know you have the script but I don't think we worked on the script until we were like two or three weeks in it was yeah. like okay if you yeah. were angry what would it look like in your body okay now feed off of Miranda if that's what Miranda's angry looks like how does that affect you Nikki how does that affect your body and it was very much like the script was in our body before we even knew the words and I remember specifically there were just rehearsals where we were just trying to feel each other out like dance wise um emotion wise we were lifting each other up just like mm -hmm. the trust was there from the beginning because you have to trust the person you're on stage with because yeah. it's a live show like mm -hmm. I have to trust you to let you do your part and you have to trust me that I'm gonna do mine and I feel like with with the way that we rehearse the trust was always there and it oh, made yeah. the show so fun because every night we could do whatever we wanted because we knew these characters so well that we were like nothing's going to shake us Nothing's yeah one night I forgot all of the words to my monologue, I think. I, I think I, I definitely forgot a line that messed up somebody else in the cast that like threw off everyone, but we like caught it somehow. Mm -hmm. And I mean, director knew, she was like, what happened? You know, but we were all like, I don't know. I'm gonna know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I think that's why I love theater so much. And like, I know I'm, I moved to New York in, in 2010 and I always said my entire life, like when I graduate, I'm going to New York. When I when I, when I grow up, I'm going to New York. I'm New York, New York, New York. And everybody was like, why Nikki? Like, why, why, why? And I couldn't really say, I couldn't, I didn't really have the words for it. I was just like, I need, I need to be there. And, mm -hmm. um, I did go to school for TV and film and I love it. It was like such a learning experience. I learned so, so much. I met amazing people. It was a wonderful experience, but I came out of it knowing that I wanted to do theater. And mm. I think one of the hardest things about being an actor for me is 
I, I struggle realizing and accepting like you're a talented human being. I'm like, is that vain? Like, I don't know. Can I say that? Am I talented? Like I second guess myself so much. I'm always second guessing myself. So to have somebody else say, you're so talented. Like, that's amazing. We would like to cast you. We would like to work with you, blah, blah, blah. That's so validating. And I think when you get a taste of that, it's very special but it's also very detrimental because the yeah. minute you don't get it, everything kind of falls apart. Or you get me. the opposite. Like somebody doesn't like it, which yes. you could be the sweetest, the juiciest, mm. most delicious mm. peach, but there's still going to be somebody who fucking hates peaches. Yeah. They want so, apples. They she want said, apple. apple. Yeah. Why would you this? And that's me as, as a black at curvy natural hair actress in New York city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is the name of the game for me to walk in a room as an orange and somebody go, didn't we ask for apples? And I'm like, but Mm -hmm. just try the orange. Like, it's really not that like, nobody's going to know. How would they know? They're like, no. So it's like, I think I think that somewhere along the lines, I got very comfortable doing film and because if they don't want you, they won't call you. You know what I mean? Like it's okay, going to say yeah. like, like we're looking for a Hispanic 30 year old mother with <laughs> that speaks fluent Spanish. Like they're going to be so specific in film that in theater, they're, they're not always that specific. And when mm, you walk into the room, knowing you want this thing, you know, like theater is my thing. I love it. I want it. I don't even want to be in the room for film. I want to be in theater. And you walk in and they're like, no, no, thank you. Thank you for your time, but no. And you're like, oh, that hurt. Like that crushes your self-esteem a little. Cause you're like, am I not good enough? But in reality, films over here, like we'll take you. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. I don't know. I think that's really interesting because I've done most of my career has been film-based. But I think you you bring up some good points about theaters that there's a little bit more flexibility. Like we weren't, um, we were 20-something year olds playing high schoolers, which you can do, you know, in theater. And you can also like blur the lines a little bit when it comes to like ethnicity and things. Hello, Hamilton. So like, it still works, you know, but on film, it may be a little bit different. And you're right. It's very specific that I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up. So then would you feel like theater makes you a little bit more typecast for certain things because that's all they're going to want to see you in? Like Aida and <laughs> right. Lion King. And you're like, but I can also do, yeah, um, I don't know, like Little Shop of Horrors. Like why, why would I, you know? It's funny because I, I do think so. Yes. I think also like it's not fair, but. Anytime you walk into a room in theater, in my experience, people mm-hmm. are like, oh, she's about to belt out this song. Like, hello, Aretha. And I have like this little like, oh, they're like, what? Can we get <laughs> what's what's happening? Like <laughs> anything else? Like, I think they it's less of a typecast like oh call her in like we're casting Aida and she's black and more of like the minute you walk into the room they're like I already know what she's gonna do and if you don't do that thing it can go one of two ways they can be Mm. like actually that was kind of interesting would love to see what else she has or they can be like um 
what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, or, not what we were. Yeah, like, mm, can't you just, can you just belt a high E? Like, no. My top note is a B flat. Get out of my face. Like, that's. <laughs> That's all I have for you today. You're welcome. Uh, so it's it's a little intimidating because I, yeah, when you when I specifically walk in for roles like musical theater, I think it I I feel like I'm expected to do something that I don't want to do, and mm-hmm. I also kind of feel a little typecasted in film because I kind of feel like in film, like I they like I kind of said earlier, I feel like they won't even call you in if. Um, if you if you don't give them off of your headshot or fit because they're doing a lot of self tapes now, so yeah. if you give them off of your headshot or your tape, like visually, a lot of the times, like what they think they're looking for, they're like, "Why would I waste your time and my time?" Is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you've booked, you're booked and blessed. So like booked and blessed, baby. <laughs> do you uh, do you feel like? you're going in for roles where it's very like they're not asking for a 20 year old african-american with an accent or you're going in for roles that are like oh obviously this is me or do you think you're going for everything i would say that majority of the roles that i do get booked on is latina latinx whatever you want to say these days um Those are the easiest to kind of grab, although there is a very high expectation if there's any Spanish involved that it's always like I did a funny little video on this on Instagram. It's always like going on. They think they're getting something, but then they get something else sort of mindset like they want you to be 100 percent bilingual, like must be bilingual The breakdown looking for a Latina actress must be bilingual, fully bilingual, fully fully uh, present in the Spanish language, fully, fully authentic, must be from all of the motherlands of Espanol. (laughs) And then they're like, but she also needs a neutral accent. Also needs to speak perfect English with no accent. So it's funny to me because like the actors, if you know, you know, okay. The actors Mm -hmm. see this breakdown, you know, you know. It's funny to me because if they want someone so bilingual and so authentic from the native lands... Of Espanol. <laughs> and you're going to get an accent. Like you're going to mm-hmm. get an accent, but they don't want an accent because in Latino culture, it's so apparent that like, if you're from Argentina and you're marketing to Mexico, they are not going to like that. And like vice versa. Like these are, they are mm-hmm. very like, absolutely not. It's kind of like the North being advertised by a Southern accent person and maybe a hardcore Jersey accent being advertising to to a Southern, like, it's just like, these aren't our people sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I find that always like really hilarious. Um, I have to say that like my Spanish journey has been an interesting one where, you know, my mom's Puerto Rican. Uh, we did not grow up speaking a whole lot of Espanol in my family. Um, like my grandparents, yes. And I got it and very much still a part of the Latino culture, but I had to work very hard at my Spanish. And I still am self-conscious about the way that I speak because I do feel like I have more of an American accent. Although I learned my, I went and studied abroad in Costa Rica 
um, and like honed in on my Spanish there because they have a very neutral accent. Plus, I wanted to go visit Costa Rica. Uh, I did learn Spanish, but I also learned the language of love. You know what I'm talking about. Go to Costa Rica. It's amazing. I'm blowing my mind. You're like, teach Uh, me how to serve. But also yes, teach me Spanish, but also teach yes. me how to surf. <laughs> <laughs> all the things, all the th- I had a great senior year. I'll just put it that way. Um, but you know, there's still moments where it's not authentic. It doesn't feel authentic to me as much. And I do my best as an actor to prepare that role and to to show up and be what they want. You know, but everyone says don't be what they want, just do you. So I I do that, but. Um, it's just funny because when I walk into a room, they expect this like absolute perfect Spanish, yeah. but then they want. It's so no funny accent. that you say that so because obviously, like I'm black, <laughs> so nobody ever expects me to speak Spanish. Um, but I do. <laughs> uh, yes. And the funniest thing is, uh, my fiance is. Puerto Rican. His mm-hmm. mom's Puerto Rican. His dad is Puerto Rican. Grandma's Puerto Rican. Everybody's speaking Spanish, right? Puerto Rican. This man will not speak Spanish unless he has to, mm-hmm. um, because he can, he just doesn't want to. And yep. it's kind of what you said, where he's like, I just feel uncomfortable. Like, I just feel like, like, I know I'm saying, I know what I'm saying is right, but it just like sounds funny coming out of me. And I'm like, that's so weird to me because as somebody that does that obviously like didn't know Spanish and and like, isn't like, nobody expects me to speak Spanish. I feel like I was so open to learning Spanish because I knew like, there's no possible way that I can't look like a fool trying this. And like, you mm-hmm. have to be okay saying something wrong, being corrected, like looking dumb as hell, because that's how you learn. Like me, yep. I, I get a little embarrassed, but I'm like, I'm not, I don't get that embarrassed. I'm just kind of like, Oh, did I say it wrong? Like, how do you say it? Like teach me how to say it. But like when somebody expects you to speak Spanish and you feel like you got it wrong, it's kind of like, ah, I don't even want to ask you like how to say it. Cause I feel like I should have probably known. And it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like it kind of makes me a little bit sad because I'm like, if like, how do, how does somebody make you comfortable, you know, more comfortable playing with things that you don't know. It's kind of the same thing. Like when you go into a room, as I always say that I'm a, an actress that can sing, not a singer that can dance, or I don't say I'm a dancer that can Mm. sing. Oh yeah. I'm an actress that can sing that loves to dance. But if I go into a dance audition, it doesn't matter how many dance classes I take, I always feel like I should not be here. I do not belong here. And anytime I get a callback or anytime somebody says like, good job, I'm like, you're lying. It's just like this Mm -hmm. crazy imposter syndrome. That's what we're avoiding. That's the the thing we're avoiding saying. It's a little bit. That's the topic right now. Imposter syndrome. Really, really interesting. So you said a couple really cool things in that like discussion right there. And I want to address one by one um, landing with imposter syndrome. So the first is about like your, your fiance, not wanting to speak Spanish. And I don't know if it's just, it's not just a Puerto Rican thing, but a lot of third generation Puerto Ricans, Hispanics, Latinos, Latinx, whatever you want to call yourself. There is a lot of us that are like holding on barely to this Spanish language. And it does break my heart because I grew up always wanting to speak more Spanish. Like me and my mom have, and my sister had this discussion about like, you know, and I held some resentment towards her. I was like, why didn't you speak more Spanish to me? Um, I had, it took me a while actually 
to realize her point of view, which was unfortunate, but she grew up in a time where it was not welcomed. And there was a lot of racism in our small rural town of Massachusetts that she was such a shy person. She just wanted to blend in and she didn't want to stick out and she didn't want to be too loud and she didn't want to speak another language. So my grandparents never forced it on any of their children to, that they had to speak Spanish. They all understand everything. So don't talk shit about my mom. She will know what you're saying, but like, (laughs) um, she will always know. And she has a lot of really Hispanic, like nuances, which I adore about her. I mean, my sister joke about this all the time. She just does a lot of really funny things. Cause she like, you know, kind of, I don't think she really identifies as being this like Hispanic woman. Like she doesn't, which to me is like a little bit unfortunate. Um, but that's her, you know, identity. And I've had to find my own through my experiences, but also wanting to connect to my culture. I mean, more than anything else is like, I have a desire in my heart. And for any of those that like feel self-conscious about not knowing the language, you have every, any time and every opportunity to go and learn it yourself. You're going to yes. have to go and get lessons. Uh, lessons are like $12 an yes. hour. Du- I, I started First of all, like I learned Spanish my on Duolingo. I which, learned Spanish what? on Duolingo. Are the mice in the field? Are the mice in the so field? Many, right? <laughs> it's like, secretas, I so want many. an apple. Te quiero un mandana. Yeah, like <laughs> that one. Um, the funniest thing is we have literally just been having this conversation in our household because we're like, okay, we're about to get married. Let's establish like the people that we're, we're going to be together, not the people that we are separately, right? And we have kind of come across the fact that like I am so in my heritage I'm like we super black we go to the Bronx we're getting beef patties we're getting cocoa bread we're eating well I don't eat pig's feet but like there's people in my family <laughs> that eat oxtail you want some oxtail I'll ruin a plate of oxtail I'll ruin a plate of oxtail all this right and Daniel's kind of like oh yeah like eh. and I kind of asked him I was like why what is it that has you to me in my eyes so oh so veered away from your Puerto Rican roots like and he was like well I'm not Puerto Rican I'm American and I was like that's not a that's not a thing in my eye I like I don't like I'm also American but I'm black like I don't like I know what you mean but like your your roots where you come from where you, if you ever want to do your family tree, it's going to lead mm-hmm. back to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And I think like we kind of uh, were discussing like kind of what you were saying, like your mom grew up in a time where it people were hella racist. They didn't want to hear you speaking Spanish. Like, and so she did what she had to do to blend in and yep. make it so she was safe you know, so like yeah. she, she didn't have to like fear walking around. I mean, I don't know like how it was there, but you know, if you live in Daniels from Brooklyn, like if, if they were that racist that you feared for your life, like, yeah, you would want definitely want to blend in. And I think that for me, I think maybe the, the difference is, is that I, there's no way for me to blend in. It's not possible. It's not like, oh, I just, I just speak a different language. Or like we, I go home and we eat different food than you. It's like I'm a whole different shade of color. My hair looks crazy different, and everybody asks me in school why my knees were so dark. Like I, oh. there's no possible way for me to blend uh, in. 
just to say Nikki's Nikki's from rural Pennsylvania. So we like bond on the ruralness and it's just, it is a very, it's a very different experience than growing up in the city. It just is what it is. And I think I also had that same desire as you, not necessarily to go to New York because New York was very intimidating to me in in high school, but to have that city and that diversity that I just Mm. didn't really have a whole lot of growing up. I mean, I had some, there was definitely people in my high school, but I wasn't really close to those I don't know. Like, I get it. I get what yeah. you mean. And I think it's really interesting to just try to find your place that you feel confident, you know, at, yeah. especially at that age, like you do want to blend in everything about your entire existence oh, yeah. in high school is kind of about blending in or completely rebelling away. Right. Like, you That's, those, like I think there's only two choices. You can either blend yeah. in, which is a, what a lot of people choose to do. And I also would have loved to do that. I would have, I would have chosen to blend in if it were an option, but because mm-hmm. it's not an option when you and your brother are the only two black people in the County, wow. <laughs> then your only option is to stand out. So if I'm going to stand out, I'm going to do it and I'm going to shine, baby. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, my knees are dark and what? They're beautiful. Yeah, my hair is big. Don't you wish you were like me? Like, mm-hmm. it's just the complete opposite. But like, yeah, when I was talking to Daniel, he's like, yeah, but Nikki, like, that's also a defense. You know, it's like, you wouldn't have chosen to be that bold and that boisterous. You just did it because it was like, this is good. This is my survival technique. And I was like, mm. you're right. You're right. It's so interesting. Things. So interesting. But now that, you know, we've moved to the cities that we want, we've had the life experiences, you know, we're still, which are still ever going, but to like, be able to reflect back, like, I think we just got to be really gentle with ourselves and, and know that you, you don't know everything and it's okay. And you have to find your way, even though sometimes it's not fun, <laughs> but it mm. builds character, right? Like I've had a lot of embarrassing, I booked a lot of Spanish speaking jobs and then I've booked a, not a lot of Spanish speaking jobs and been very embarrassed in the audition room just because they weren't getting what they expected. And mm. that could be said for anything I show up for in any audition, but I think it particularly hurt the most because it's so near and dear to my heart to try to be a part of my like heritage and like grasping for things that I have to work really hard for that I almost felt entitled that I should have had, but I yeah. have to drop that entire mindset that you're ever entitled to anything because you're not. Um, but I think what's interesting too is like Daniel's perspective and you know, Puerto Rico's kind of they we've got this independence, but at the same time, we're still underneath the umbrella of the US. There's so much culture still there, and I don't ever want to see it go away. Um, but I have found, at least in my circle, that there are a lot more Puerto Ricans not speaking Spanish these days than other cultures. And please, like yeah. if that's not the case, like please let me know. It's just these are the circles that I hang out with. So this is what I know so far. But I do know that like the power is mine. If I want to go and like learn my Puerto Rican accent, which I've worked on, I can go to Puerto Rico and work on it myself. If I want to like hone my Spanish and make sure my grammar is correct and all of this stuff, I can go take class. Like you have the ability to go do all these things. Um, It just, you have to have el deseo, Mm -hmm. the desire to do it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't. My husband, same thing. He's Puerto Rican. He can get by, he understands everything, but when he speaks Spanish, it's so beautiful to me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I get to hear you. And you don't speak it that Aww. much, but you know, he's the same thing. Like we bonded mm-hmm. over that and how like Spanish was a second language for us. And we have to try really hard to do it. And, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of very successful celebrities out there that don't speak great Spanish and they still work. So that's the confidence. Yeah. And I am glad that they don't speak that great of Spanish because it helps me realize that I'm still on the right path and I can still do it too. And that yeah. 
something put something on your heart and my heart to shine. And if you choose this life path, like you are meant yeah. to shine, but let's right. redirect it from a defense mechanism to like one that we can serve and be as big as we yeah. need to be because we love it and it's authentic. So right. the other thing you said was about imposter syndrome. So I guess this kind of like ties all in to like, how do you get through certain moments when it feels like you aren't good enough or that you're being someone Oof. that you're not? Um, I think I am working on that right now. I don't really have an in-between. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, uh, I have been telling everybody that this, this year, 2022 has been my year of self-esteem. I've been looking for it. So if anybody sees it, let it know that, um, I would like it to come back. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's been a journey. Uh, so yeah, I think like even things for me, I think the minute I feel like I don't belong here. I do one of two things. I either run, I pack my shit and I'm like, I should not be here. So I'm leaving mm -hmm. or I fake it so hard, which is so funny. Now that I just told that story about <laughs> being black in rural Pennsylvania, yeah. my other, I fake it so hard in the room that mm -hmm. even I believe myself. Like I have a backstory. I have a moment before and a backstory. I'm like, yeah, plie. I've been taking dance classes for eight years. Like, no, I have not. No, I have not. So, um, I, I did notice, uh, I was actually in a, in a dance class last, uh, Thursday and, uh, it was my first time in that class. And the instructor was like, Nicolette, oh my gosh, like you did so good. I've, I've only, I've never seen you on Thursday. I always see you on the class on Monday. And I was like, oh yeah, I just wanted to try this class and see how it was. And da, da, da. she was like, I think like, this is your class. Like you're, you were really good. Like you just look so confident. And in my brain, I was like, you're wildin' because I looked <laughs> over to the girl on my right who was about to go right before me. And she was like, oh my gosh, this looks so fun. Like, aren't you excited? I was like, I'm about to hurl. Like, I'm yeah. so nervous. I'm going to hurl. So to walk out of class and then instructor be like, you just look so confident. That's me faking it so hard that even I believed me. <laughs> those are the only- <laughs> It's just like when you do that, like one, two, three, suck it up, you know, one, yeah. two, three, worry about it later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I think, I mean, there's such a huge part of our lives as actors that we have to do that. And like, that's part of the craft is also just like sucking it up and, and going and doing it anyways, even though it feels terrifying. And that yeah. to me, I think, I think being an actor is one of the most courageous things you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of other really courageous careers out there. I mean, they have utmost respect, but I think, you know, public speaking is what one of the, like the biggest fears that people have. And it's just public speaking to me, it'd be like running in a burning building and people do that all yeah. the time, you know, or whatever it is. So I think that's really fantastic that you have the ability to do that, but hopefully, you know, get to a place where it, be, where it comes a little bit easier. It doesn't necessarily need to feel good. Cause I feel like if it, if you're not nervous, then you've kind of lost this like magic that happens. Like you need to be a little nervous walking in. I think every single performance I am like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm always just a little nervous, like a little bit of butterflies. And, but I know it's because it means a lot to me and I want to do a good job and I want to connect. And when that feeling like completely goes away where it's like, ah, I'm going in, like we got to reevaluate a little bit 
And I yeah. think some actors feel that way. And it's just like, you got to sit with it. Like, is it time? Yeah. I'm definitely the actor that feels that way. And I think the difference that I am working on right now is I want to walk into the room or I'm going to walk on stage and say, wow, I really hope that I do well. I want to, I want to be proud. I want to serve this character in this moment. And I want to be proud of what I do when this is finished. Right now, I think I go into a room or onto a stage and go, wow, I really hope I don't mess this up. I really hope that they like it. Uh, and I really mm. hope that they say nice things. Mm. And I can't control anything that they're doing. So it's no. so much wasted energy. And I think I'm holding that energy in my stomach. And that's why I get the nervous posts. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And go. I think let it go. I, every, I, let it go. I, I appreciate you being so like authentic about this because I know a lot of people listening are definitely in the similar position and or have been in this position at some point in their career, hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, to, just to relate. Um, I think that not only are you giving away energy, but you're giving away your power mm -hmm. when you leave it all on them to decide for you. And then your self-esteem goes in the shitter. And mm -hmm. I think we've also all been there where we've given it away. Like here, do you yeah. like it? Ha. And then they're like, no, nah, not really. And you're like, oh, okay. You're like, go throw away the cake or whatever it is you baked, you know, of your emotions. So what would it take? Yeah. So you said 2022 is um, the word with self-esteem. What do you think needs to happen in 2023? Now that this episode will be airing in 2023, like, what do you <laughs> think needs to happen to get yourself there? Yeah, I think. I think in 2023, what's missing for me, I think to establish my confidence, I think I need to confirm for myself that I know what I'm doing. And I need to, I need to know that I know what I'm doing. And right now I feel like I walk into the room and ask, ask somebody else, like, did you think that was good? Do you feel like I know what I'm doing? Like, did that look good? And it's never for me. So I feel like that comes with taking classes. I feel like that comes with doing the craft, do the thing. Cause mm -hmm. you, you, you don't know if you can bake a cake unless you bake a fucking cake. Like, right. you know what I mean? And I think for me, obviously, like I had a little bit of a traumatic year a couple years ago and like it kind of stopped my acting career. I couldn't walk really without mm -hmm. crutches mm -hmm. or braces. And so I feel like recovering from that was one thing. And then COVID hit and then mm -hmm. obviously New York shut down. And then yep. that was a whole different type of mental recovery where I was just yeah. like, I cannot do any more bad things. Like I, I cannot have any more bad things happen. No more no's, no more bad things happening to me. I will not make it. So mm -hmm. I think I just had to all around stop cold turkey. And now I think trying to come back after that feeling pretty like, okay, like everything in my life has calmed down. COVID, everybody seemed to kind of figure out how to maneuver COVID. Like yeah. I want to be happy in my craft again. Now I'm in a place where it's kind of like, okay, Nikki, where are you going though? Like where, how are you getting back in? Because what I'm, what, what got me, I think the first time was mentally, I wasn't like yeah. mentally in the space of like, I'm proud of me. I'm 
good at this. I believe that this is what I was supposed to do. And I did it well. I was in the place of like, tell me I'm good. And if the review said I was good, then I knew I was good. If the review said I was bad, then I'm obviously bad. And I man, healthy to go back into that. It's not healthy. It's not okay. <laughs> For, yeah. But is it a truthful thought? Of course. Just like if you put on a pair of jeans and they're a little tight and it doesn't, if they're not as flattering, like you're going to have that thought mm-hmm. for a second. Um, but it's like, learn, do you feel like now that you've kind of gone through a lot of that pain the last year or the last couple of years, like you're able to recognize it when you get into those like negative cycles of thinking, because I know I've been trying to work harder on that and it's a work in progress. I am not perfect. And my emotions get the best of me a lot of the times. Yeah. I think like one, I'm able to recognize the negativity seeping in, um, because I, I truly believe it had to get that bad for me to know what good was. Like, I think I was like living my dream in New York City, working, booking, dancing, acting, thinking like, this is what I asked for. But also to get all of those things, I was really going through it. I was like, do they like me? Do they hate me? Am I good? Am I suck? Do I suck? Like, but when I got them, I was like, this is it. This is my dream. It was such a roller coaster. And I think the roller coaster went down after my accident and then just kept going down, 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 down. And I was like, I'm just trying to get to that roller coaster again. Like, how do I get, how do I get back on the roller coaster? Now I'm to the point where I'm like, I want to be on the roller coaster. I just want to do good for me. And I think, um, yeah, that, that comes with a little bit of grace. I think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it comes a lot of grace, grace, a lot of bit of grace, a lot of bit of confidence, maybe, um, Mm And some classes, I think I'm in the, I don't give a fuck mode, which is definitely somewhere I was not even in college. You know, you stand up in front of the class, you do your monologue or your scene and you're like, did everybody love it? I don't care about you guys. I paid for this class. So I just need to know what what do I need to do to make it better? That's what I'm Mm -hmm. looking for. Don't tell me like that was great. Nicolette, sit down. Tell me two things that were wrong with it. That's always my question when I ask people things now, or I'm looking for um, any sort of critique. If anybody just says good job, I'm like, tell me two things that you didn't like or two things that could have been better. To try to learn from it or because you want to believe them. I want, if you truly think it was that good that nothing could possibly be done to better it, then I'm like, I should be booked and blessed. Like I should be out in these streets making shmoney. So tell me two things that that would have if this is a dramatic scene i want to bring you to your knees if you are not sobbing and snotting at the end of this then you need to tell me two things that are going to make you snob sob and snob uh, i snob and snob snob and sob snob and snob snob and snob i i think there's some interesting things in what you said because i'm your i'm going to be your cheerleader and what i hear it's like, why, why can't they just say you did something great? Like, what if you did do something great? Like, what if you just did a good job? Not possible. Not true. Not possible. There's always not true, not true. But like, if you keep serving, you know, to try to get something better, something better, maybe it was perfect because it was imperfect or maybe it, it was, it's just good because there were beautiful moments there. Like, I think I see your point in like always wanting to have like an honest critique, want to do well, what can I do better? But there's a time where we've done enough of that for ourselves and we can just like receive 
I think that should be your word for 2023. <laughs> Receive the compliments and then find a place where you start believing it. But the only person who can do that is you. Like you got to do that inner work because once you receive more of that, Nicolette, you're going to get more of that. But if you're putting up that block, always looking, what can I do better? Then you're not going to book as much. But I have to say like booking is book is whatever. The stars literally have to lie. It's like getting pregnant. The stars have to align. You have to be the right shape, right type, right like amount of enthusiasm and then everything just comes together and then it happens, mm -hmm. right? Same thing with booking. I mean, most likely when we show up to an audition, you're pro we're probably not going to book it. I mean, the odds are always against us. So like, what can we do to be confident and happy walking out of that audition, regardless of what the outcome is? And mm -hmm. it's not easy all the time. It isn't. I'm not, you know, saying I go into auditions being like, I did amazing. Although a lot of times I do that, or I send that tape and I was like, I'm a fucking genius. Oh, look <laughs> at that beauty. And then there's other times where I'm like, girl, you have better days, but you know what? Maybe we got to retake this because it's embarrassing. Or we just say, this is what we got to do. We just close our eyes and just send it. Yeah. And then a lot of times I booked law and order and I completely messed up the line, completely messed it up. And I owned it and I made it look like it was the line. <laughs> they were like, we like her. <laughs> yeah. And then they booked me right. Like, it's it, you just never know. And the odds are not, in, you know, they're just, you have no idea what it's going to be. So you can't put the value on how much you book. You can't put the value on other people's opinions, but people are going to love you for you. And if you could just show up and love yourself, that's how we maintain the balance, right? It's called the balancing actor podcast. When we have all those roller coasters that you're talking about, we, mm -hmm. we are addicted to the highs, mm -hmm. the highs of some of the highest highs I've ever had in my life being an actor. And I don't even do drugs, but like, you know, <laughs> but then there's some really fucking low points, but like, yeah. and they'll drive you crazy if you don't have, keep a level head about it and keeping a level head, at least in my experience so far is one being proud of myself and like celebrating my wins and being grateful, but also receiving a compliment mm -hmm. when I get it. And cause no, you're going to need it on the bad day. You're going to need to be like, remember yeah. that compliment I got three weeks ago or whatever. Remember that review that they wrote about me yeah. in the paper. Um, but like, you know, not throwing all of your eggs in that basket as far as like believing and putting your self-confidence there. Like it needs to come from in here. And I, I see just so much greatness in you. So like, I know you got it, girl. It's just like, it's going to click one moment. Yeah. And I know you've had a couple of rough years, like. And I want to talk about it because I think you found something really beautiful in the midst of that pain that you had to take a step back from your acting career. It can be very painful. And in your case, it was both physical pain from the accident and then also like emotional pain and mental pain, all the things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people can relate to your story. And that's why I wanted to have you on here, not only because you're fucking hilarious, but um, <laughs> because because I think your story is really unique. So, and I'll let you elaborate, but like Nicolette was able to birth this beautiful thing called Broadway Gardener, which we mentioned at the beginning of the episode in the midst of all of this chaos and darkness and found something wonderful. And you're in a really cool place now with it. So do you want to kind of talk about your journey and then talk about what Broadway Gardener is and its mission and you yeah. as an actor and how it all ties it? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we kind of mentioned, um, I was at work, I had an accident. I ended up busting both of my knees and my back and, um, I was on crutches and some braces for <laughs> a while. I, uh, I mistakenly thought it was going to be a couple of weeks. So at the time I had booked a couple of jobs and I was, I just kept telling them like, I'm almost healed, but like, I obviously was not almost healed and I was in denial and couldn't really like let things go. Um, so Basically, I ended up like losing all of my acting gigs, um, my representation and the mobility of my legs mm -hmm. for a good amount of time. And it was uh, very upsetting, obviously, because, you know, I feel like you spend uh, for me, at least, and really for all actors, I'm pr pretty sure you can relate. If you move to the city, you spend years getting all of this information and working and booking and even doing things for free and trying to get representation and you hear no for years. And I feel like I was just at this moment in my life where it was like, yes, another yes, another yes, some good reviews. Oh my God. Okay. We're doing this. We're filming this. We're busy. And for that to have worked so hard for that and then to have it like, it felt like it was all taken away. And I feel like I did not handle that well. I felt like that's not fair. And I mm -hmm. think I went to the deepest, darkest part of like, that's not fair. Yeah. Um, and then I uh, tried to crawl back into it for a little bit. Like I took a class in like December of 2019 and we bought a house in New Jersey and we were like, okay, so I'm going to have to travel to take my classes. We're, we're bu we bought this house and like, I feel like maybe like good things are going to come. And then COVID was like, what if they didn't though? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'm going to rock your world like before. <laughs> what if I took it all away? And yeah, yeah so I lost my day job after losing my <laughs> acting jobs. And then we had bought this house in New Jersey and now like we both didn't have jobs. And we were like, what the is going on <laughs> <laughs> and then like my fiance luckily like he got his job back like a, a week later and like he never really had to adjust everything was honestly his life kind of got a little bit better because he got to stay at home all the time work yeah. from home he still works from home and I think it was really hard for me to feel happy for him because I was like why are so many good things happening to you like can I get some of that, bro? Like, you want to <laughs> share? Like, I was like, he's so greedy, bro. <laughs> like, he's so greedy. Like, that's wild. Like, and I love him, but like, ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, also, you're living under the same roof. So, like, you're like, well, at least one yeah. of us has a job. That's and, great. Like, you can't really take a person at their lowest point and say things like, just look on the bright side. I was like, I'll punch you right in your mouth. Oh I'll yeah, no, that is, what are they calling it? Like toxic positivity. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's, that's a blanket statement. We need to, we need to mm -hmm. nurture that. I know people's best intentions are there, but it's not the right thing to say. Um, it ain't it. It ain't it. It ain't it. I no. had to get a job at like Lowe's. Cause I was like, yo, we really need to pay I our bills. Like, I'll just get a regular, regular job at Lowe's. And he was so mad at me. He was like, you cannot go to work at Lowe's. It is literally a nationwide pandemic. Your health is more important than money. I was like, you know what you sound like? Somebody with money. Shut up, Daniel. Are you going to ask me to go skiing next weekend? Like, like, what are you talking about? I have nothing left to live for. I was like, leave me alone. I wish I would catch COVID. 
It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. COVID's very serious. Get me COVID. And then it did. And and then it did. And then I caught COVID. And then I got a therapist because I was like, this is dangerous. (laughs) When I caught COVID, I got a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this this might be a a mental health issue. This might be a problem. So like if y'all need the help, the the help hotline, you should call it. I feel like the actor's starter pack comes with should come with a therapist. Like oh. if you're looking to explore this super rude and disrespectful to your time and financial budget career, get a therapist. Get yep. the actor's starter pack. You should. Here's you should. 20 bucks, a metro card, and a therapist. But all through it, I I wanted to be outside, um, mm-hmm. even though I couldn't do much. My knees are all messed up and stuff like that, right? And you so, were living um, in Brooklyn, though. Like, when this I accident happened, this, this, this accident's from your side job, by the way. We talk a lot about side jobs on this podcast. It yeah. happened at her side job, her survival is, job. This Day happened OB. at my side job, which is quite possibly... I think um, the focus of why it brought so much trauma um, and mental health issues for me, because I felt like I had failed myself because I got to a point in my career um, booking acting jobs that I didn't need this side job anymore. And it was, I was, I couldn't let it go because I felt like, well, the money's so good and they don't always need me. It's kind of that job where it's kind of like, okay, well, there's only, I only have to be there like once a week. Mm-hmm. That one, that one time that week was the time that I busted both of my knees. So yeah, I didn't need to be there and it took everything that I loved <laughs> away from me. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like and that's so that frustrating because I think something happens too when, you know, when actors like finally get to this point where they're acting a lot, they may not need a side job. Like I think it's such a glorious thing, but there's no like end of other side of the rainbow. Like all of a sudden one day and maybe some, but it's what the 1%, the 2% and we're all striving for that. But there is, you know, there's not this other side of the rainbow where it's like, and now you get to be an actor full time forever. Like mm-hmm. if there is never forever. Like the, if yeah. you go and ask some of the biggest stars, they don't know when their next job is. Like we, like the, the level of stress, of that never goes away. It gets managed and you have seasons, seasons that you're booking like crazy and doing really well, but then seasons where things are slower or seasons where you start a family and your focus shifts. And that I think was one of my biggest things that I learned about this journey that we're going on is that, yes, I'm still striving for that moment to be like a hundred percent full-time, all of that stuff. I think we all want to get there. A lot of us want to get there but like again it's ups and downs so what are you mm-hmm. doing on this other 90% of the time that you're not acting mm-hmm. what are you doing to feel fulfilled in your life and that's where you were able to come up with Broadway Gardener yes so i have always loved being outside um but when i was in brooklyn i had like little cute cherry tomato plants and i was always so proud of them i always showed anybody that came to my house my little cherry tomato plants and when i had my accident um I was living in Brooklyn and I was outside obviously all the time because it's the only place I could go. Like I could hobble out there. My fiance would like help me out, sit me down and be like, all right, let me know whenever you're ready to come back in. 
And I was just like, it's so tragic out here. Like my little cherry tomato plant is dead. Like it's not even fun being out here anymore. Like when I can move, I'm going to plant some stuff. And I was so invested in that idea that I turned my like dusty Brooklyn backyard into and you what know, I felt. You know what those look like because you guys you know live that. there. You know, you got some trash in the back. It's dusty. A little bit of trash, nice chain link fences. I felt Mm -hmm. safe, right? So I was like, we're going to do a little song song. We're going to make it special, right? My fiance built me these two garden beds. And I was like, that's all I need. It's on and popping. I built this garden. I had eggplants, vegetables, flowers, tomatoes, watermelon. I was growing watermelon in my backyard. Like what? In Brooklyn. That's wild. Who, in who Brooklyn, grows like, bro- watermelon in Brooklyn? Me, you know, that's, me. that's amazing. So this um, is a beautiful enchanted urban garden is what I'm ensuring right now. Here's the thing. This is how, you know, people can't let you win. Right. I was so excited that I was doing something other than being upset about my life that I Mm -hmm. started posting pictures of my garden on my Instagram. I was like, everybody's going to love that. I'm happy and it's going to make other people happy. And I remember I got one person that came up to me and was like, when are you going to stop posting pictures of your garden? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, don't you think it's like cute? It's like cute, girl. Also, this she is was like, Instagram. no, it's like an old, this good. She, she said, no, it's like an old lady hobby. I was like, and then I told you, I'm always second guessing myself. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Like I've been posting pictures for like weeks. Like how embarrassing. Automatically stopped posting pictures of my garden, started a secret account under the name Broadway Gardener that none of my friends would be able to find and started posting pictures of like my broccoli. I was like, look at this big <laughs> ass broccoli, y'all. Yo, I'll tell you like strangers were like, that's so dope. Like, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. How did you do that? I can't get broccoli to grow. How did you do that? And I was like, oh my gosh, I found my people. They love my broccoli. And that account grew to 18,000 followers <laughs> looking at my broccoli and flowers. And wow. I just thought back I know. to myself, it's like, that girl was not my friend, first of all. You're wild. Cause yeah, like, no, your friends do you don't diss on your cool hobbies that make you happy. Like, like, sorry. I think one, I needed something to do other than cry. <laughs> like, right. You I needed to shift your focus on something yes. else that brought you joy. And I think I found something that and clung to it so hard. And I think I'm so lucky that the thing that I found is actually just so good for your mental health. Just Mm -hmm. good to be outside, good to get vitamin D, serotonin, to put your hands in the soil is the most grounding thing I could do to feel the earth underneath you is so grounding to know that, hey, take a freaking set, take a breath. Even plants breathe, girl. Are you breathing? Yeah. (laughs) Are you, even plants need water. Have you had water today? Mm. It's, it was the most eye opening thing for me where I'm like, why are my plants dying? Because they didn't have any water. Did you, because you didn't feed them or, um, high or, uh, fertilize them. Have you eaten today? Mm -hmm, (laughs) Like mm -hmm. people joke about talking to your plants, but it's like, 
especially during COVID. Like, I don't want to talk to my fiance. I see you all day. Get out of my face. Yeah. Like, I want to go outside <laughs> and talk to my plants. Like, I want to be free to say, like, I hate today. This is so irritating. I want to go outside. I want to have money. I want my back to not hurt. I want to say all these things. And I don't want anybody to tell me it's going to be okay. I just want to say them out loud. And I feel mm-hmm. like my garden gave me a place to do that, to vent, but also a place to after the venting was done to realize like, wow, what a beautiful space could probably be a beautiful. And I love you plants. And I love you plants. And I love you. And I love me. And we going to be all right. And I'm like, listen, all right. like not in like a funny way. Cause it's not funny. Um, but like, I was really like, not okay. And like, I think in my fiance was like, you're, you're giving suicidal thoughts. And I really don't love that. And obviously, cause he loves me. Um, and I just remember thinking like, but who would water my plants if I die? And like, that's not me being funny. That's me. Like, are, is, is, are you going to water my garden? Like keep it alive after mm-hmm. I, like, he's not like, I, I'm the only person that can love my garden. Like I love my garden and it's the same thing for you. Like nobody's going to fix my mind and my heart. Like I can. Oh. And it's yeah. just like, it's a process. It's a process. Like, and like, oh my God, what you said was so powerful. Um, I'm going to get emotional. No. I just like, I think a lot of people are struggling in so many ways. And especially now with the climate and all this stuff in the news, like you got to be real careful. You got to stop watching the news. Like you said, because it's just too much, too heavy on your heart. But learning to take responsibility for those feelings that you have. Um, and then also admitting that you're not okay and trying to go and find the support. Um, I mean, it's a lot on somebody who's not feeling so great, but I, for you to be able to have found that is exactly what people need. They need to find something that gives them another reason to wake up the next day to love themselves and also to be more kind, you know, to themselves, um, and I think that to see this account, because I remember when you were like, oh, I have this hobby, right? Just mm-hmm. this hobby. And then I was like, tell me more about this. It looks cool. And when you named a Broadway gardener, it's like a beautiful fusion between your acting career and this cool new, you know, which is now a, a full-time job for you, um, this influencer space on Broadway Gardener, which is really cool just to see you like nurture that and have it grow and have it grow and the connections you've made through that platform. But then also uh, Nikki does these really cool songs. Um, Check her out. She's got these like holiday songs that she's singing about her plants too on her Instagram. And I love it. It's amazing. It's so great. Of both your worlds. And I think like what a cool thing to have done for yourself, but then to also like nourish your creativity, which is ultimately what you want to be doing. You're a very crafty person too. Like we, I, I will be your old lady friend doing old lady things with you all the time. You want to crochet? Let's crochet. You want to go make crafts? Let's craft, let's decorate. Like you got it. We'll do it. Um, And it's so so fun because it's like, I feel like I was always looking for a little bit of validation. Like, what do you mean? You don't love this. Or I love this. You don't love this. And now it's just like, I crocheted 13 snowflake ornaments for my tree. And I didn't even talk to anybody about it. I just filmed it and put it on YouTube because Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you won't watch. Like, that's fine. Um, And it's just so crazy to know that like, it literally came from 
like nothing. I didn't wake up one day and, and think like, I'm going to start an account. It's going to talk about gardening, mental health. I'm going to sing a little. And, but I was just like, I just want to show somebody my broccoli and have them care. And I feel like Aww. it was also like, I just want people to know that like, I'm still here and care because I'm so social. I was always going yeah. out. I was always outside, hanging out with my friends. Let's get a drink. Let's go dancing. Mm-hmm. And I was just home alone. And I felt like nobody knew that I was like no longer around. And I'm yeah. like, I because the like accident, the- but then COVID did that too. COVID yeah. was really hard on the extroverts, really hard. Oh gosh. Yeah. So yeah. it was just coupled with a lot of really tough things to have to deal with over the last couple of years. Uh, but now you've made a lucrative business out yes. of Broadway Gardener, which yep. is great because you're your own boss. It's an excellent way to still audition and do all the yep. actor things, but then incorporate the actor things into yeah. your like everyday life. So what would you like, what advice would you have for somebody who's maybe looking to go that route or doesn't know where to start? Um, I would say uh, you should start by living your everyday life and you can document that or you can add on to that but it has to be something that is sustainable um for you and I know like like crafting videos for me like that's something that's not sustainable I love crafting but I'm not going to make a video a week on crafting like that's not my thing I want to go outside so Mm For me, like I am going to wake up every morning and go out to my garden and pick a tomato. So why not add that to my routine? I can bring my camera, take a picture, whatever, whatever. And um, you catchy phrases. Everybody loves a good crusty morning. You know, you got to have a a good phrase. So I like to Where did that originate from? I have to explain this to my mom because I bought her one of your one of your uh, mugs. So it is shipping out, but like she's not going to understand. So yes. how do I explain this to my mother? So it's a good, good crusty, crusty morning. morning. Good crusty morning was because originally when I first started doing Instagram, I would like put on lipstick. I was like, do I look good? Okay, I'm going outside to like water the grass. And somebody called my ass out on YouTube and they were like, girl, do you garden like that? Like, that's what you look like when you go outside. And I was like, oh, they know I'm being fake. All right. I'm going to just like, <laughs> stop doing that. Like that's wild. So then I just started like regular, regular, like, okay, good morning. I just woke up. I'm going to go water my watermelon. And people were like, Ooh, girl, like, are you going to brush your hair first? And I'm like, yo, listen, you really can't please anybody. Like you really can't. So I just started saying, you know what? Hey, everybody, good crusty morning. Like, you know what it is. Like, we're getting mm-hmm. down and dirty in the garden. Don't expect nothing from me. Like, uh, <laughs> and people started saying it. They started saying like, okay, I've been in the dirt all day, you know, good crusty morning. Um, and I thought it was like super cute that it's just kind of like a little phrase that says like, I'm not here to be Pinterest worthy. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I never call myself an influencer because I'm like, who am I influencing? My life is a mess. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Girl. It's a glorious mess. It's the a glorious only thing, mess. Nah, the only thing I can provide for you is a scale to be better than. Like, don't do what I'm doing. Do better. <laughs> like, good for you. But that's uh, like what people love. I think that's why I like wanted to do this podcast too. It's just, it's a very casual, like no frills. Like I said, we're, we're recording this on zoom, but like, please show up as your authentic self. Like nobody needs anything yeah. special right now. We just, we're all human. And that's what I also love to talk about is bringing the human experience to this like career that a lot of people feel is very inhuman 
or like goddess-like, you know? And I, I think agree. like everybody's a human at the end of the day. We all get sick. We all have feelings. And I, yeah, I think it's, a, it's also a really to know that it's an important conversation in general. I know they talk a lot about it, like with younger kids saying like, you know, stop trying to be like Instagram, like a uh, TikTok, mm-hmm. like this or that, just be who you are. This is not real, but it's also for people who like myself may have just like lost your confidence and you look on Instagram and you see these people with these beautifully curated videos. And I'm not saying like, oh, you guys are tragic. Like that's not real. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I will never be able to do that. And that can either break you like where you think like, I'm just not good enough. That's why I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Or you realize like, but what I'm doing is also good. Like somebody can also relate to what I'm doing. Like, that's okay. What I'm doing is okay as well. So it's kind of like, I, it's important to do this as an actor and know that just because when people at Margot's booty, she, she, on, Margo. here. she jumped up. She's like, you got something <laughs> to say, girl, you're saying some good things. She could come listen that cat. I, I feel like as an actress, people think like you must have a fabulous life. Like what's the last thing you've done? Oh, what, what can I see you in? Like they think you're living this lavish life with a house on on both coasts. Like I'm just trying to love myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to love myself, do what I love and keep my plants alive. Like that's all I want to do. I want to be able to do the career that I love and still like me. So (laughs) It's so true. You're like, it's really quite simple. Um, uh, It's true. I mean, a lot of people have their own perceptions on when you say that you're an actor and like, that's why you have to get really confident with saying that and owning Mm -hmm. that and feeling good about saying that. And that took me a little while in the beginning, but I remember um, talking to somebody who asked me what I did and I'm usually pretty open about it unless I like really don't want to talk to them anymore. Then I'll be like, Oh, I'm a dental hygienist. And then they'll be like, Oh, so this tooth, like, uh, and I'll be like, you know, don't talk to me about your dental problems. I don't want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> um, but like when I do share, there was this one guy who was an older gentleman, a lawyer was like, Oh, are you married? First of all, and then you business. Second of all, yes. And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why do you ask? And he was like, well, I just feel like if I ever dated an actress, I would feel like she maybe wasn't being truthful with me. And I was like, can you elaborate? And then he was like, yeah, I mean, like, have you ever like been on a date with someone and you like pretended to like them, but like you actually didn't? And I was like, no, motherfucker. I am 100% honest. If I don't like you, I will tell you. Like, Uh, So I was a little taken aback by that because I was like, first of all, why am I going to be pretending and wasting my time with a dating situation? But like, and I was a little offended because I was like, is that all you think? You just think that we're like a bunch of fake bitches because we can act like, but then I realized that comment had everything to do with him and nothing to do with me. Yeah. He has some insecurity. He obviously would I don't know, have some weird thought about being catfished or betrayed, or I don't, I don't know what this man's issue was, but someone to say that really, like it really has, that's, they're the problem. Like they, they have their own issues with that. And you know what, when I was in the dating space, I was always really upfront with people I was dating and like, let them know what my hopes and dreams and goals were. And there were some that like, 
weren't down with that. They were like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I'm going to get jealous or I don't like that. Um, it's too unstable. It's all over the place, you know, whatever. And that's fine. It just wasn't the right fit. But like, if I had hid that from them and it came out later, it would have been a huge problem. So just got to be transparent. I will say in the dating world, as an actress, introverts <laughs> are where it's at. I have to say. <laughs> as a counterpart. Yeah. Daniel is like, go on, babe, live your best life. Do you? I don't have to go. Do I? I'm like, baby. You don't have to go if you don't want to. That's up to you. Yeah. It's like, have fun, girl. Like, this man will have set me free into the, the world and know that at 2.37 a.m. when the bars close, I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, sometimes he wants to go and he's, like, the voice of reason where he's like, hey, it's 2.37. Shall we go home? Yes. <laughs> like, we yeah. shall I feel like I think if you are with a partner who's like, I'm going to get jealous and like, I would feel like you're lying to me. Like, what do you mean? Like, I wouldn't what use kind of foundation. Power. Yeah. What kind of foundation my are you setting for up for evil? Your- yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, like somebody hurt you, bro. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I think it I does take a, I think it does take a, a very special person though, to, sign on to the lifestyle that actors live because it is there are a lot of highs and lows just emotionally of the career right like a lot of excitement and then disappointment and then of course like the income is completely different than a normal nine to five job you you know I last year I had to completely change Thanksgiving plans um with my husband he's like you abandoned me but (laughs) I didn't he had friends it was fine but I did it was worth it it was worth it because I went and shot a film in Cape Cod and I actually went up to Thanksgiving to spend time with my family because I have family in Massachusetts. So I got to spend Thanksgiving up there, which was great. It was a great Thanksgiving and then shot. But like you have to be ready mm-hmm. to like pivot and you have to be ready t- at all times and understanding like I'm away from home a lot and he's also away from home. Um, a, a pretty decent amount between his job and the army. So like we have that mutual understanding and we support each other through both. But, um, and I know everybody's setup is different, but it's, yeah. I think it's really important that you sign on with somebody who believes in your hopes and dreams in your partner, because that's, what's going to allow you to take this career far. And I think the funniest part about that, about like making sure that your, your partner is in, in it to win it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is like, it's so important that what you said, like you support them full heartedly and they support you the same exact way. And I feel like it's even more special when they realize how much it means to you, not just like, Oh, I think it's cool. Yeah. And, but like, truly like, this is your passion. Okay. Bet. Got it. Like, let's go, babe. Because um, Daniel's the person that told me to quit my job. He was like, you don't even have time for this. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is a full-time job. Your Broadway gardener is a full-time job. And then like, what happens if you book a gig? Like what happens if like you, you go to an audition and you book, like you don't have time to be running events. And I was yep. like, I don't have time to not have enough money. He was like, babe, like, <laughs> stop talking to me. Like we're broke. Like I got you. You got yeah. me. Like you're good at, you have two major things that you're doing and you're very good at both of them. I do not see a problem. And I think it that, that I feel like, I feel like he supported me and understood 
that I wanted something that I kept mm-hmm. saying I didn't want because I was mm-hmm. lying. I was yeah, lying. To yourself. To <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a beautiful thing for your partner to see that in you and to support you. But those are the moments that you need. Like he's your cheerleader to lift you up and get you through that moment. Although you are the only one who can like love this career the most, like, right. Your career needs to be more than you, but he was your anchor in that moment because he knows your truth. He knows that this is really what your dream is. And I think that's really admirable. And I think that you need somebody who like gets excited about somebody who has big hopes and dreams, Mm -hmm. especially for this career, who's going to be like your hype man. Um, and that's something that Richie said. He was like, he, I heard him talking to his friend and he was like, yeah, I dated a lot of girls or like, or I have these friends that date these, these Instagram models, but nobody has a job, but like, they don't do anything. They don't have any hopes and dreams. Sorry. And some Instagram models, some of you work extremely no. hard. Okay. Like, but like there are ones, you know who they are, where they're just like, I got my only fanny fans and they got they just don't do a whole lot or whatever it is and they make their money and I respect if you got money coming great make your money however you want to make your money but he's like it's the goals and the dreams that I love about you and that's mm-hmm. why like this works so well and I'm proud of you and you're I'm your number one and like he really is like he's supported me through so many things and yeah. he would have that conversation with me too you know I mean like it's not worth your time yeah go do yeah. the side job, like go concentrate on your acting thing. Like I got you. And yeah. then in moments where I need to get him, I'll get him, you know, like it's a partnership yeah. here. And it's not just like your partner, it's your circle. It's your team. It's your group. It's like, like if like you and I had a conversation before where you were like, so do you want to do it or not? Cause like, it just sounds like you don't want it. I was like, Ooh, ew. Like, can we just have Ouch. a pity party? What's happening Ouch. right now? Like you need your team to be like, what are you doing? Let's mm-hmm. go. You need your team. You need your circle where you can be like, does anybody know where I could take an actor's lab class and have like six people? Like, I know, I know, I know. Yep. Like you, it's not just like, I'll figure it out by myself on Google. Like you have to have support coming from different streams and you have to be able to be that support for other people too. It's a given, it's a take, it's a partnership between your loved ones, your friends, your colleagues, like Mm -hmm. everybody in this field of entertainment knows that like we need each other. Yeah. Um, And we we rely on each other. And there's a lot of negative out there. So why not be the positive in somebody's life? Mm -hmm. Uh, We need each other. Absolutely. We like, it's a village. When I say like acting, it's not just a job, it's a lifestyle. Like, and it takes a full village. And I mean, self-taping at like 10, 11 PM, you know, having it up and go because you booked something last minute, having to be local hire somewhere where you're not really local hire and you got to like come out of pocket. Like that's all an understanding, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make it work. You make it work. Mm -hmm. You, especially you. I know. Make it work. You make it work. Sometimes I, I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I, I don't know, but it's going to work. It's going to work. I, t- I tell, I tell, like there was, there's that one day, right. And you're like, she ain't going to do it. Okay. Quick before we wrap up. 
I, Nicolette and Daniel have opened their home up to me many times and it's always amazing. And I like, love it so much when I'm able to, you know, we all get to hang out and stuff, but I did book two back to back huge episodics. Um, and they wanted me to have a COVID test the same day all before 12 noon. And these COVID tests, one was in Brooklyn, Greenpoint, and one was in Chelsea Piers. Now, for anyone who knows New York City, that is not an easy destination to get to. And I was coming from Jersey. So it was like a whole thing. Um, I think I left at like 8.30 in the morning, booked my way to Greenpoint, took like literally five trains and like a bus, you know, to try to get there. Did my COVID test. And then, of course, they don't make it easy because every production wants you to have their own COVID test. I had to go and hike my way over to Chelsea Pierce and also get a COVID test for the other network. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever I got to do. But like, it was also a little ridiculous. So I can't wait until we don't have to do this anymore. Hopefully, maybe someday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a little crazy. And then I had to get back. And then I was headed back to you. And you're like, there's no way in hell you're going to do this all before 12 noon. And I was mm-hmm. like, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And you know what? I, I said, got it done. Okay, girl. Go ahead. I got it done. Yeah, right? I got it done. The part that I messed up was coming back to Nicholas. <laughs> but we did it. And I was like, I won the amazing race. <laughs> did you and know? I, because it I took did 45 it. minutes to figure out where it, you were. I, I, was like, oh, I where missed are you? like two stops it was it, the train broke down it was a hot mess on the way back but I got the COVID tests in and that was the most important thing that day I feel like but, Miranda did a plus on all public transportation she said bang Greenpoint bam Chelsea Pierce boom boom get back to the other side on 42nd street so I could get this public transportation back to Jersey the minute she saw the welcome to Jersey sign she turned it off she said I don't need my brain anymore I'll figure it out <laughs> based off of vibes and she just got off the train at like I was like Miranda I'm at the train station so like um, um I'm, whenever you come down just literally come straight down the stairs she's like oh, okay cool 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 and then I saw a train come in and leave and I was like, Miranda, um, did you come down the stairs? Or I saw your train. She was like, no, one more stop. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Was there a back-to-back train? And yep. then she called. She was like, yeah, I think I missed my stop. I was like, no, <laughs> I know you missed your stop. I watched you ride away on the choo-choo. So where are you? <laughs> where, where I don't even know you? where I ended up, but I was supposed to get off at Elizabeth, which is right after Newark, which is where I was stuck for 45 minutes on the other train before transferring. So yeah, I had no idea. It comes up quick, y'all. That stop comes quick and I sure missed does. it. I don't think I even sat down by the time that that stop happened. I blame your husband. Why. I blame your husband because he was talking to you. and you He were, was talking like, to me. Also, I can't do things while I'm talking on the phone. I just like my brain does not work like that i i'm i'm gonna mess something up so anyway you got it done you got it done, you got and, it done and you got a hustle and you just got to say yes to opportunity and yes okay. i'll be there mm-hmm. and yeah here we are so i'm yes i'll be there and yes yes i'll be there and yes i'll bring my best yes <laughs> i'll bring i'll do my absolute best uh, girl so, yeah. the time flew by is insane um we we packed a lot into this conversation. I think there's we a did. Lot it's going to have to be two parts. One part, two part. 
uh, we're going to bring you back on the podcast. That's for sure. We have lots to talk about as things evolve. We didn't even get into your wedding and all these other very exciting things. So we will I talk know. about that Let's next time. Balance that. Balance yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. She's full on planning weddings. And if anyone's planned a wedding, it's not fun. So anyways, <laughs> at least that's my general consensus on it. Just add another full-time job in there. Yeah. One that you have to pay for that doesn't Ooh. pay you. So but anyways, have your moment, girl. Have your moment. We'll talk all about it. But thank you so much for everything today. I Go ahead and check her out at Broadway Gardener. She's a who. Also, you might find another new hobby and you might learn a few things from Miss, Miss soon-to-be Mrs. Nicolette Short. So <gasps> I love you. Have an amazing oh. rest of the week. Enjoy thank yourself. Yeah. You. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be on your podcast. Yes, of course. More more to come. More podcasting. Thanks, guys. Bye.